Hey guys, it's time for another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Uncomfortable, comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Hello and thanks for tuning into the Uncomfortable Podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Roach, and today I chat to Laurie Coquera, who a few years back called off her wedding. Let me tell you a little bit about Laurie. She is the co-founder and CEO at Spark Creations and Company, Inc., which is a training and development organization that inspires people and companies to create meaningful cultures and workplaces. Laurie is also a certified professional co-active coach and an active mentor for many great organisations such as Futurepreneur Canada, Dress for Success Vancouver, Young Women in Business and Forum for Women Entrepreneurs. She is one busy lady. Now, Laurie is also a lover of love. And as you'll hear in this particular episode, she is passionate about self-care and self-love. I hope that you love our conversation as much as I did. But as always, there might be some adult language. So when you're listening, it's best to pop on those headphones. Enjoy. joining me on the uncomfortable podcast thank you so much for having me i'm already uncomfortable (laughs) and we haven't even started (laughs) it's like oh god oh god what's going to happen it's all good the premise is to have comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics um and the topic that you actually had suggested to me is incredibly interesting i think for anyone in a relationship which is pretty much most people Mm -hmm. So why don't you walk us through the story Mm -hmm. of calling off your wedding? Mm. Where do I start with that? And I I love that we're talking about it because it is about relationships, whether you're calling off, uh, you know, your job or breaking up or Mm -hmm. ending kind of that. It was about ending the relationship that was really scary. And I think the big part of calling off a wedding is that you have so much already invested in it. You've got the ring, you've got everything booked and the invitations and everyone's excited. Like people get excited about a wedding and then you decide, "Uh oh, like this is not something I actually want to do. So leading up to that, I wonder if I should maybe talk a little bit about like my relationship with him. So uh, I was in a relationship before and then I had gone through a really bad divorce. And that divorce, you know, was so, so hard. It brought me to a level in my life that I never experienced it. Mm -hmm. But what came out of it is that I recreated Spark because I went to see a coach, learn more about myself. And through that experience, we created the women's retreat and all of that. But before that happened, I had a year off 
and I just really wanted to spend time with myself and then there was this wonderful guy that came along and he kind of just came at that time where you know I was still learning about myself we hadn't really started spark like I was in this moment of just self-discovery so whether I was ready or not I don't know but he came mm -hmm. into that he was just there at that time and I, I look back now thinking that he served a, a purpose in my life he kind of brought me back to life but then when I was alive again I realized it wasn't the the person that I wanted mm. to spend the rest of my life funny thing how that happens right but I wanted to share that we had um, you know he had come into my life we were together for about four years and then you know I think in the relationship I was just kind of going with the flow right because I had just gone out of another relationship and I just wanted something to be successful I just mm. wanted to have happiness like I just wanted to prove to myself yeah I can make something work and uh, and that this is this was the guy to do it. He was a stable person, you know, good job, good good God, on paper. Good on paper. And and you know when I look when I even think about him now, he's still a really amazing human being and came from a really good family and I fell in love with the family unit and just the stability of it mm. all and the strong foundation because of coming from my past. So all of that looked really nice on paper but also felt good we started to build a life together we built a home we started renovating buying furniture like just everything that you think you're supposed to do mm -hmm. you know because i was checking off a box this is the picture perfect relationship yeah. and then the moment came and then he asked me to marry me and the thing that was so funny is that up until then i was always like when are we gonna get married when are we gonna get married mm -hmm. because i'm also the kind of person that felt that I needed the, this label or this yeah. thing that needed to be done in order for me to feel secure because I'd come from a broken relationship and for me at that time felt like well the next thing would be to get married have a baby you know move he wasn't ready to have a baby I could have skipped the whole marriage thing because mm -hmm. I had already gone through it he's like nope we got to do it the right way so I finally waited up until you know four years but then the moment that he asked me something changed mm -hmm. How did you feel? Do you remember how you felt in that moment? I really felt nothing. This mm. is the thing. Like I, 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 I was reflecting it. Why am I not excited about it? Why am I not like thinking, oh my gosh, this this is the best thing that's ever happened to me? Instead, I was I, I just didn't feel anything. Yeah. It was just this indifference. And that made me curious. Like I should really be like calling everyone being really excited and, and really sharing with the world. And there was hesitation there. Mm. And that's when I started to think, okay, why is this happening? Why am I feeling this way? Uh, and that's when things started to, you know, I started to see signs in myself of not moving as fast mm. into the planning, not wanting to send the invitations, not wanting to, you know, um, get a dress like every, every well, everything that a lot of people dream about doing totally right yeah so you said yes i'm mm. assuming because then you did go on to do the preparation i did so the way that he asked me we were in mexico on a trip and i didn't have a clue that he was going to ask me during that time which is kind of weird because sometimes i'm i'm you know i kind of just like was waiting maybe this is the mm -hmm. moment right like some people get really excited and they're always like oh you know he looks like he's nervous or you know I, i'm always usually but this time i didn't because we were about to go on a zip line and this is the longest <laughs> zip line that you could do in in this part of mexico so we're we were doing it together because this is a couple's one 
and they're strapping us on and I still don't notice anything about him um, as he's preparing but apparently at this time he's already signaling he's already telling the people that he's going to do this and I had no clue I'm just like in the moment yeah just getting strapped on onto this harness and then we're gonna do this zip line so we're going down the zip line and it's super loud it's like like you know it's like ringing in your ear and he's like will you marry me and I'm like what <laughs> he goes will you marry me I'm like what and then I was like Oh my god! And then by that time, I haven't even answered yet. We hit the end of the the zip line and went a boom, like we kind of like crashed into yeah. it. And then I'm still in shock. They 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 you know they took us down. And he's like, so I said, yes. <laughs> you know, like it's like so weird that you're asking yeah. me and we're on the zip line and like oh. And then everybody kind of clapped. And then we kind of went down. And I was like, oh my gosh, did it really happen? And there was no ring. Yeah, the ring was gonna be when we get back home. Of course, I don't think you want to pull it. Totally, ring on a zip I know, line. I know. Yeah. You don't want to do that. But <laughs> but even after the zip line, like he didn't bring anything kind mm-hmm. of expensive, right? For sure. Uh, so that's kind of how it happened. And so it was it was a, it was a shock. And then it sunk in. And then that's when it started to feel not so good. And this is what I'm realizing with something like this is that I didn't really know that it wasn't right for me until he asked. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I'm yeah. thinking like, had he not asked me to marry him, and we just kept going the way we would in our life, would would I still be with him? Yeah, it had to have be it had to be this big question for something to sort of shake me in my core to realize, wait a minute, are you really ready to jump out of that plane or yeah. you know step into this marriage? It's like the level of commitment kind of just stepped up. Exactly, and you weren't ready for that. Yes. So how long? So you kind of went on to continue planning the wedding Mm -hmm. and then at what point how close to the wedding were you when you thought okay no I need to stop this now yeah so we got engaged in October and then you know things started to fall into place you know we you know his mom was really (laughs) Mm. my future mother-in-law was really involved and and the funny thing is is I had experienced something similar in my previous marriage because both of them were Filipino as well and, and traditionally and, and culturally, mothers-in-laws, and, and my mom could have been involved too, but she's not a traditional Filipino mom. Yeah. She's like, you don't have to get married, you don't have to have kids. Like She's so <laughs> completely the opposite. But these two were really involved in wanting to have it a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think that also triggered something in me thinking, oh my gosh, like I had that feeling when I first got married that I probably shouldn't have gone through it. But I still went through it because the invitations were out and like we were spending all this money so we we have to go through it Mm -hmm. and here I am again in the same scenario and I could go through it again like everyone else and like I did the first time or I can actually stand up for myself and do what's right and feels good for me but to to get from that that feeling of uncertainty to like certainty that I was going to make that decision took a while it it took a while of me avoiding a lot of different Mm -hmm. Um, activities that were wedding activities like the mom was like when are you going to get the wedding I'm like I'm getting it today I'm going to go this weekend when are you sending the invitations and when did it like there was so much of follow up and I knew my resistance was just getting stronger and stronger so there was a moment actually uh, I went through my coach training and it's from the CTI, the Coach Training Institute. Okay. And it was in one of those weekends where the, one of the master coaches had me come up to the front of the room. And they were going to do a demo. 
and everyone could feel that something was up with me. So they're mm. like, we want Lori to be up in the front. So they kind of voluntold me, you're going to be that person. They're like, okay, fine. So I sit in there and she's like sitting across from me just like you are. And she's a master coach and she's going to do this little um, kind of experiment, not like a, an actual approach, right? Mm-hmm. Methodology which is called process, which is really about metaphors and, and really embodying it. So she goes through this metaphor and she's starting to feel that, like maybe describe how you're feeling. I said, I feel like I'm in this cocoon mm. and, I'm, and I've been healing in this cocoon, but now I'm like transforming into a butterfly and I want to just break out. She goes, show me you want to break out of it. I'm like, so I, I kind of like punch in the in air, like as if I'm pretending I'm, I'm trying to get out of this cocoon and then she's like step out of the cocoon so I step out of the cocoon and right now all my coach uh, my, my coach uh, students the people that I'm taking uh, yeah. the program with are sitting on the ground like like a kindergarten school yeah, listening just like they're just waiting to see what's, what's going on right yeah. so I'm, I'm breaking out I'm breaking out and she said what do you want to do now I said I feel well she goes well, how do you feel I said I feel free and what do you want to do now I said I need to call off my wedding oh shit yeah that was that was the moment that I had realized that the metaphor of me breaking out of the cocoon and that's that that guy I was gonna say his name that guy that I was with had been healing me he was like my cocoon mm-hmm. and but now I was ready to break out of the cocoon spread my wings but I was now in a kind of a different place that yeah. I'm a different person now and uh, so, so it's like you said he came into your life for a reason yeah he did at that moment um, I wasn't even because I, I wasn't quite ready when he came into my life, mm-hmm. and I think I sort of just thought, well, he's a good person, mm-hmm. and he's you know he he, he he's going to take care of me. I have nothing to worry about. He's completely the opposite of the other person, and reliable, dependable. Why wouldn't I marry this guy? Right. It's like you have to convince yourself. But I had to convince mm-hmm. myself. I never really had the butterflies as I had in previous um, relationships. This one sort of just like, oh, well, it's it's good. You know, it's a good mm-hmm. thing. I might as well just kind of go with it. And sometimes that's what happens. You, you get used to a job or a relationship or a friendship where everything just seems kind of good. It's not exciting, but it's just, you know, good. Nothing's bad. We never yeah. fought or anything. But so some people will have a really good life in that and continue on to that. Or... For me at that time, I realized I wanted so much more and Mm -hmm. I wanted to do so much more. So I knew he wasn't the right one for that. So then you had to tell him. Oh, and that's the, that was the craziest part. So after, so when I was getting coached, part of our coaching experience is that they, there's an action item. So the coach, the master coach said, so Lori, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go home right after this, you know, this workshop and I'm going to tell him and his parents. And they're like, okay, and how will we know that you did that? I said, I will email all of you on Monday morning once it's done. Oh, wow. So you had an accountability, not just one accountability partner. 30, 30, <laughs> 30 people. Can you imagine being the audience, like being the participants or like my, my fellow students looking at me and going, Wow. What, you know, are you really going to do this? Like, this is a pretty big deal yeah. that you're going to call off a wedding. Like, everyone was in shock, but everyone was waiting for that email. So when I then went back home and I left, I was, like, freaked out. I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? What did I commit to? Am I really going to do this? But because there were, there were so many of them that cared about me and held me accountable, I kind of called in their energy. Mm. I pretended that they were actually in the room with me. And I had the conversation with him first, and it was not good. He he did not want to um, break up. Yeah. And 
maybe a few after a few hours eventually he he said okay fine let you know I'll, if this is what you want so we went straight to his parents house and both his parents usually the mom is really talkative and then the dad is quiet and then they're kind of in their little sections of the mm-hmm. living room and things were different that day they could feel because we were sitting on the couch we're holding hands and we're like okay doing this are we doing this like who's gonna say it first and how are we gonna bring it up he's like don't worry I'll bring it up so then I said so they're like looking at us are you guys what's going on with you guys are you gonna say feel the energy they can feel it we look weird right we're just sitting there with these this kind of a weird shock face uh and so so he says we want to share something with you but before we do that uh Lori can I talk to you first so he brings me back upstairs Mm -hmm. to his parents room and we talked and he's like, are you sure this is what you, what you want to do? Like, can, is there any way that we can change this? Like, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've loved you for so long. Cause he, I guess he had crush on me before. And he's like, I really want to make this work. And I said, no, you made the decision. You already agreed. We're going to do this. So then another 20, half an hour, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour later, we go back down the stairs and, and they've the par- been waiting. They've been waiting. So the parents are there. We're looking at them. We're holding hands. And then we tell them. And I basically said, we're, we're ending our relationship. We've come to a decision and it's not, it's not going to work. And then now the mom becomes quiet. The one who's really, really talkative. The dad's like, well, tell me what's happening. Are you, you know, is there another person? Um, What happened? Did you guys have a fight? Can we, can we maybe see a counselor to fix this? Like, what have we not tried? Like they were really trying Mm. to kind of find other ways to make it work. Um, But it was, it was really hard. And I just kept holding his hand and saying our decision's final we you know da, 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 and I just kept repeating it repeating it yeah. repeating actually it kind of reminds me sometimes like when I was like doing um a termination which is really hard for me being in, in HR yeah and I I would just have to you know as much as possible create the space for them to feel that I still cared but at the same time the decision's been is has been made it's final mm-hmm. and you just have to kind of repeat yourself until they really hear it yeah until it sinks in yeah and that conversation happened after we already sent the invitations. Ooh. So, and, and that's like, again, it was a trigger. Once I sent the invitations, mm-hmm. I felt like, okay, it's, and that's why, and then it would happen to do the coaching workshop right after I sent the invitation. So then we had to then send an email out sometime that week to say, hey, we just sent the invitations out. And at the same time, we've come to this decision. Wow. And if you have any questions, let us know, but give us the time and space for us to sort of figure things out as we go through this process. And I'm sure tons of people called him, tons of people called me. Yeah. And it was crazy. And what was the reaction from most people? Well, his parents, not good. Mm. And probably his side of the family, not good. His, his friends were all shocked, for sure. Um, and my friends, too. I don't mm. think anyone knew that it was going to happen. Uh, and and even if they did feel there wasn't a hundred percent, like maybe certain people can see from the outside the relationship isn't a hundred percent. I don't think they would have seen that, but maybe some people would think that it's still a shock. Oh yeah, in the moment that some that a couple or a person would actually do that, like yeah. say that, you know. And even if it was a few months before the actual date, his family had already booked tickets from all over the world, including the Philippines, to come. So they still came on our wedding day kind of week and they then had a family reunion instead oh wow okay well i guess that's good they could turn it around into something I think so. <laughs> but can i tell you on the day of i did receive a call because one person didn't get the memo oh no did they show up they like, showed up the reception they were there and they're like um uh like 
Lori, isn't there supposed to be a wedding or something? Like, did it, did we go to the different locations? So then I had to tell. No. The, and, the, and this was a friend of theirs that they were supposed mm-hmm. to follow up on. I said, maybe you want to call them, that family. And then, so they, they did. And I think they ended up going to their house. Because they're all dressed up. They had gifts, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all thinking they were going to this special thing. So yeah. they went to their family instead. And I guess they had to had to talk about it. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> what a story. Now, <laughs> I know. It's like, I can't imagine. I mean, I've gone through breakups, but never had to kind of call off a wedding or anything. But at the same time, I actually understand how you felt because I was in, there's been a couple of relationships I've been in where they've been great people, wonderful you know human beings that I cared for deeply but I just knew it wasn't right and I know how hard it is to walk away Mm -hmm. so the fact that you did that when you were so far into your wedding because a lot of people would just go for it and convince themselves right his parents wanted me to they said Mm -hmm. why don't you just go with it give it a year and I said so what about if I then break up after a year don't you think that that's worse that we went through the whole process and then I I go through the divorce yeah and that's not fair on him either or you it's not fair on either of you and that's something I always thought you know when I went through a breakup when I kind of realized and there's been times it's taken me years to break up with someone again because I felt they're good on paper I've convinced myself and uh, once I do it I'm like why why didn't I do that earlier because I feel like I put that person through years of me not really fully being in love with them and that's not fair mm-hmm. it wasn't fair to them so how did you feel once you had told him I felt awful you know I, I and I still feel awful like today mm-hmm. I mean it's been seven years because that was in 2012 and it's still, you know, I still think about how I hurt him and how I hurt his family. And at the same time, I could have hurt myself too. Mm-hmm. And I've already done that the first time. So while it, while I still have, you know, sometimes the feelings of guilt and shame and embarrassing my mom and my dad, like our family, you know, I was representing my family too mm-hmm. and they felt bad that their daughter was doing this to this family. And it was it was known in the community. Like, with their community in the Fili- Filipino community in Vancouver is quite small. So people started to talk about that. And mm. that's the, the worst thing that you ever want to do, especially in our culture, is to have done something where they, everybody knows about it. And yeah. now I'm kind of, you know, known as this person that, have, that have would have done that to somebody. And it's not good. And so, but at the same time, I... I had I not done that, I probably wouldn't have quit my job and started Spark and gone all in. Yeah. That moment when I had the courage to choose me over pleasing everyone else gave me the strength to do like almost everything that I've done so far. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was a very p- pivotal moment because I, mm-hmm. I had so much regret the first time not calling off the wedding the first time and going going through that experience, even though I know in hindsight that that was actually... I had to go through that for me to yeah. be where I am today. It was still really difficult, but yeah, it's hard to make a decision when you want to please or you don't want to hurt anybody. Yes. Or you don't want to let down anyone. It sounds it's a huge lesson in boundary setting. Yes. I think. Yes. Um I myself am a people pleaser, so I understand that just kind of con- you're concerned you don't want people upset hurt you want to do everything to not let that happen but sometimes you just have to put yourself first mm-hmm. and 
And that's why I'm writing that in that book. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, so you are writing your book. Um, are you still calling it love? Yeah, it's love. Still, it's it's still, still it's called love first. The rest will perfect. follow. And this is th- a great example mm-hmm. of when I loved myself first, and not to feel bad about it because yeah. a lot of the the lessons that I think we've shared along the way in the past is if you take care of yourself first, it might seem selfish in a way, mm-hmm. or that you're you know that you're only thinking about yourself versus other people. I want to somehow reframe that where it's not that you were being selfish. It's actually if you take care of yourself and you and you love yourself and you lead from that place, then you get to show up more authentically and in a more kind of um, stronger, more confident mm-hmm. person. And that's what people want to see in all areas of our life. We don't want to see someone who is second guessing or doubting or, or, or holding back mm-hmm. and loving first is really about that. And so that's going to be in, 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 in the book. And, and, uh, I love that you were saying that, right. That's when you loved yourself first. Yeah. And that was, that's the reason why I wanted to share that yeah. in the book. So when are you hoping for your book? I know you're still oh, writing. I <laughs> well, I, re- I restructured it. So I had to go through different phases. Actually, the first book that I wrote, I, I completed it. And then I realized that there were some stories in there that were really meant for me. Mm. And I, but I really needed to write it out to acknowledge it in yeah. order for me to open up. So the process of writing a book, I really highly recommend it for everyone. Yeah. Whether you publish it or not, write your story. Yeah. Because your story is unique. It's special. It allows you to dig deeper to understand who you are today by looking at your past and then looking at the lessons that you learned along the way. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I think about... My past, I used to think that I, I had a really, really heavy life. And, and th- there might be parts of it that was really dark, you know, and, you know, g- going through my childhood. But now I look at it as if, if I didn't go through that, they all connect. If I didn't go through that thing and that thing and right. that thing, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have led me to spark. It wouldn't have led yeah. me to my life today. Or even my, I wouldn't be prepared to be the partner I am for my partner had I not gone through that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny you said that because I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. I don't know if you are too. And no spoilers in this, but it was just one thing um, in one of the episodes uh, that Sansa says to the Hound. She's talking to the Hound and he said, you know, you could have come with me and I would have protected you. And, and uh, he used to call her Little Bird. And, uh, you know, you would have, this wouldn't happen to you. And all the trauma that kind of happened to her throughout the series, he's saying that wouldn't have happened. And she said, yeah, but without all of that, I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a little bird anymore. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. I think that was one line that I took away that just, I thought was so powerful in mm-hmm. that whole season. Yep. Um, I thought it was great. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's similar. You look back and For it sure. shaped you. It definitely shaped me. And, you know, I want to thank that human both both mm-hmm. men the, both guys that I was in relationship the, the first one where I went through that and went through a divorce and then also the second one when I went through you know that experience and and then and then transforming and then you know moving on so those are I want to thank them if they're yeah. even listening to that because it made me stronger it made me who I am and I'm the person I am today because I went through those experiences yeah yeah so now you are with someone else yeah um so what does marriage mean to you now yes okay so I'm a hopeless romantic (laughs) (laughs) I love rom-coms and so does my guy and at the same time so I'm open like I'm open If, if he said he wanted to get married 
I go through it just because I, I'm a hopeless romantic mm. and I, I, I still see the value of, you know, making a commitment and sharing it with our family. And I don't know if it's really the actual marriage contract or is it that I just want a big party? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to invite all my friends. Yeah. Which you, know, you can do. Which I can do without a wedding. Exactly. Mm. So so that's definitely possible. And at the same time, we've decided in our relationship, because he came from another, um, he went, he was married as well, mm-hmm. and that didn't work out. And so both of us have had those experiences. If we had stayed in our relationships uh, in those marriages, I, maybe the, the act of being married would have been stronger and more mm-hmm. significant. But because those those marriages ended, we're like, okay, you know, what is it? Because if, if marriage is supposed to be, you know, forever and ever, is it? And it's not. So why do we need to get married? That's just mm-hmm. our perspective on it. Yeah. The other thing is that we feel if we're always thinking we're like still in this dating kind of mode or dating mentality, then we're always going to be in more invested. Not mm. not to say that mm. marriage would then uh, create um, complacency. Yeah. But it has happened and it has happened for him. And so that's just kind of how we decided to kind of move forward in our relationship is that we would come into the relationship every day would be like present you know we're gonna yeah. go you know as if we're it's our first time meeting yeah, yeah. <laughs> like first yes, date first date yeah yeah yesterday <laughs> we, had, we had a beautiful day where we were just walking along the beach we had no plans we left our phones and you know it was just one of those days that it was just natural and that would have been like a first date it felt like a yeah. first date actually so that's how we've decided but I still believe in marriage you know mm-hmm. I think that there, my mom got remarried and she's oh, 72 oh, amazing she found love again so and she's excited about it she believes yeah. in marriage and it it made her feel uh, a more connection with her husband now yeah, yeah that's awesome I mean I'm I'm kind of very torn and I don't know if I've talked to you about this like my partner and I have talked about getting married but at the same time we're both kind of like well do we need to it doesn't doesn't really mean anything more than what we're in right now so we're still trying to figure out if that's like something we feel we need to have for me I think I would just love the fact to that I would be his wife and that just makes me one step closer but again maybe that's how I've been trained which kind of brings me to like the next point and you know when you were talking about I wanted to get married and like check off that box because it was a status thing and that's how I felt like do you think your mindset now has changed um from back then when you had probably you know just kind of gone by how society views women and what we should think and should do to now being kind of more free and open and you know not really caring what other people think yes definitely all of that yeah yeah it's 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 exactly what you're sharing because I also grew up in an environment as a little girl that one day I was going to get married Right. It, it's I don't know what age they start talking yeah, about marriage, yeah. but it's always been something that I always knew that someday uh, I would get married. I would get into a relationship, you know, maybe date. And then after I finished school, I would, you know, get my degree and then marry someone, get a house, then have a baby. And and it's so strong in our culture, in our the people that I'm in, um, growing up with, that every time I went to a party, they're like, when are you going to get engaged? Mm-hmm. First of all, it's like, when are you going to school? What are you then taking your school? When are you graduating? Then, you know, who are you dating? When are you going to get married? When you And once you get married, when are you going to have a baby? Yeah. It's just like constant. And it's just... Yeah, and how do you break free from that? Yes. And me calling off the wedding 
was a, an opening because my mom didn't want me to quit my job either after being there for eight years to start a new business. And that first year that I had the business, we, we didn't, you know, it didn't go so well. It almost yeah. took another job. I even had to bother, borrow money from my mom. So she's yeah. like, I told you, you shouldn't have quit your job. Why would you do that? And then so I, it's constantly having to prove that this, this, nor, this not normal, but I guess what society considered mm-hmm. as this blueprint of a life, this path, mm-hmm. that there's other ways to do that. And I think yeah. that's what the day and age is today. It's like, you know, we've got pronouns now. Mm-hmm. We've got... We've got different ways and diversity of, of people and trying to be more inclusive, but giving giving people their own voice. It's so important. So I think we have to find what define what success is, what happiness and fulfillment is for us, and be strong enough to, to just live through that. Yeah. We have so much so much more that we that our parents didn't have. They only had the one path back yeah. in the day. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that's such a powerful message. I mean, it's gotten to the point, thankfully for me and my family, that's they don't really, not that they don't care, but if I didn't get married, other than the few aunts who just really want an excuse for a party, <laughs> the rest of my family are quite happy with, you know, whatever I decide to do. But yeah, growing up, it was just kind of expected that that's what would happen. And I mean, I was raised Catholic too so I feel I mean maybe maybe not it was a lot kind of stronger for us like you know no sex before marriage or at least you don't live with the person before you get married that that there's this particular way that you have to do it and I finally kind of realized that that was bullshit for me (laughs) (laughs) so if there's people out there then that's what they want then that's great but it just didn't seem to be how I navigated life and and I'm, you know, still sometimes struggle with being okay with that. Like I'm 37 and I really want to be a mum, but I'm like, oh God, I'm 37 and I only have this time and this is an expectation or is it? Or what if I didn't have kids and having to kind of decide, you know, do I want to go down that route of what society expects me to do or do I want to take a different one? Well, for the longest time, even when I when I got into the second um, relationship, I wanted a baby in the first one. Mm-hmm. Thank God I didn't have mm-hmm. one because it didn't work out. But I kept pressuring, like, let's just have a baby. Let's forget about getting married. And then, you know, he he wasn't ready to do that. He wanted to do it sort of, you know, by the in book. Order. Yeah, in order, <laughs> get engaged, get married, and then have a, have a kid. But I was like trying to think, did I really want to have a kid? Or was that something else that was, again, people asking me about the kid and then maybe Mm -hmm. influencing me? Well, if they're asking me about the kid, maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing because everyone else is doing it or whatever. And so I I feel you because I think it's a a genetic thing. I think there's some generational genetic thing that's been passed on to us because I still have moments, even in my current relationship, I'm like, why aren't we married? Like everyone else is getting married. Yeah. Like shouldn't I? Shouldn't we get married? And then he, then you know, we'd have this long conversation. But we really talked about. I'm like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> and that comes from a place of scarcity because mm-hmm. I'm trying to compare myself yeah. with other people. Yeah. And then when I start doing that, it comes from fear and second guessing on what's really truly the commitment that we have for each other, the love that we have each other. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, defined under this mm-hmm. society contract. Yeah, and I even find, you know, um, like I, I don't want to, if I do get married, I don't want to change my last name. Mm-hmm. And I had, even to my atheist boyfriend, who I love so much, um, who's kind of like not bothered whether we get married or not. Um, when I said that to him, he was like, you don't want to change your name? And I was like, no, I like my name. 
Yeah. That's the one thing I will not change. Plus, I don't want to have to change all my credit cards, my passports, my driver's license, like all the work that comes with that. No. And I was quite surprised that he, even though he didn't really care to get married, it wasn't something that was big for him. He was like, oh, but you won't change your name if we do get married. Mm -hmm. So I find that quite funny that there's still, you know, the opposite sex still have this idea of, okay, if we do get married, there's still these things that have to be done. And uh, that was something that I had to kind of set a boundary. And where do we on. get that from, right? I know. Like, we were all born in this world with a blank slate. Mm-hmm. Somehow, somebody in our lifetime mm-hmm. said that we had to have the same last name. Yeah. Or that we had to marry even, you know, an opposite sex when it's not really necessary now, right? Like, you can yeah. be with whoever you want to be yeah. and be whoever you want to be. Yeah. But there was this... Yeah, it was such a strong, someone, mm-hmm. influ- something or someone or a group of people influenced us. Or we saw it on TV or a yeah, movie. Yeah, right. You know? Well, I mean, you've got what, say yes to the dress, all these, you know, relationship reality TV shows yes. that people love. And I mean, okay, it's fun to watch. I won't lie. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that we don't realize how much that kind of sticks in mm-hmm. our brain and yeah. like plants unconsciously. A seed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, subconscious totally. part of our brain. Yeah. It's it's quite frightening. Yeah. Well, that's why we talk <laughs> about biases, right? Mm-hmm. We don't even know all the biases that we have. That's a yeah. bias to mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm supposed to change, you know, my last name or 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 the opposite. Yeah. So, and that's the tricky part because everyone yeah. is so different in how. But I think that I think for me, it's just. It's more checking in to see who really who you are and what you want in your life, mm-hmm. right? Learning more about your values and then and then hopefully be having the courage to have conversations and let's just talk about it. Why yeah. is that important to you? Why is this important to me? How do we kind of find a, a happy medium? Yeah, yeah, know? like a common ground yeah, kind of thing. Ground. So what advice would you give to people who are potentially like in a relationship but they're not happy but are in a similar space to what you were in mm-hmm. when you were about to get married? Okay. So maybe there's, there's, yeah, because everyone's relationships are going to be different, but mm-hmm. maybe there's a sense of, of um, just un- uncertainty. Maybe you're feeling a little bit doubtful. Uh, and I know a lot of people coming, you know, they come, I don't know if there's a seven year itch or whatever, but there's mm-hmm. sometimes people mm-hmm. get into a relationship and they start to kind of question. And it's natural, let's just say, first yeah, of all, that yeah. it's natural for you to check in. Uh, all the time to see if you, the decisions that you're making or the people that you're with or that even friends that you're surrounding yourself with are still lifting you up, that still bring you joy, that still yeah. fulfill you. And my my advice or my, yeah, my, my advice would be to check in on that. You know, like get curious about your feelings because mm-hmm. emotions are data. They're, they're information that you're not, you don't need to react to everything. We just have to go, oh, I am not wanting to send that invitation. <laughs> Why, Why is that? Mm-hmm. Why don't I want to go to that, um, you know, you know, search for wedding dresses? Or why am I not as excited to go see his family for a family dinner? Like, just mm-hmm. get curious about it. And then if there is someone that you care about, that you trust, that you can have a conversation with. I mean, I would suggest having the conversation with your, with your partner. Yeah. If, if at all possible. But I know sometimes... That doesn't feel comfortable, but that's already something. Then, yeah. <laughs> if you don't feel comfortable to talk to your partner, then like that, get curious about that. Yes. But I think open communication is also really good, and then being really grounded, like check in to see why that um, is meaningful for you, so that when you have the conversation, you can share mm-hmm. why this is important to you. Yeah. 
No, I think that's really powerful. Curious to know, did you have someone that you had talked to prior to, other than your coaching group, even prior to that, was there any of your friends or family that kind of knew that you weren't 100%? Yeah, I did talk to my mentor. Hmm. And I can't remember if I talked to her before or after. I feel like it probably like was around the same time or maybe even that same week. It mm-hmm. seemed that it was kind of bubbling. Um and she came in and, you know, I meet with her often. She's been my mentor forever, Stephanie Milliken, love you. And I started to share, but I didn't know what I wanted to share. Mm. And I, I was I was kind of saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. And she's like, can I tell you that I called off my wedding? Mm. And I was like, oh, so it's possible? <laughs> I know someone that's actually done it. Yeah. And she's survived and she's okay and she's with, you know, the love of her life. And that and that helps me sort of get more gain more um confidence or just more courage yeah. to do something similar. But I probably talked to a whole bunch of friends and I think it's really important for you to surround yourself with people uh that you that care about you and that are always have your back. And mm-hmm. so I probably connected with my sisters as well. I mean there's not my parents. But definitely Mm. my sister, maybe a a few friends, and then my mentor. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, important to have support around you. For sure. Well, Laurie, thank you so much for sharing your story. But before we wrap up, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about Spark because it seems like that you reach Spark after all of this. Yes. You know, this am- amazing journey that you went through and mm-hmm. spinal spark is a huge part of your life so i'd love you oh, to share you. a little bit if you're if you're willing sure sure I w- i'll share a little bit about uh, spark so spark we are a training and development organization and we help individuals teams and organizations really elevate their human spirit elevate their workplace experience and it actually started off as a women's retreat and that women's retreat was was the start of everything, not just for my business partner, but just in general, like learning more about ourselves. Because we were doing those retreats and learning with the women like during the same time. Like I'm sitting here facilitating, but I am just learning about my values mm. too. So it was it was really a neat experience. And then from that place, we realized that a lot of this conversation around values and purpose and really living a more authentic life can be shared within the workplace. It's been it's been tricky, you know, the first couple of years people were like, "What? I don't want to talk about my values mm-hmm. and my purpose at work. That's personal." But now we're in a in a kind of a stage in our society where people realize they want more yep. and they want to feel more connected to themselves as well as their team and to create psychological safety and trust and all of those human things is is to humanize the culture or humanize the workplace. So that's really what we're doing kind of individually as a team and organizations. And it's it's been a, we have seven people, it's almost eight years wow. and we love it. we're loving it. Yeah. It doesn't feel like work because again, I am I, committed as a human being to to doing this work mm-hmm. as for myself, but also for other people. I truly just want them to feel loved at the end of the day and to be seen. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I am very excited for your book. No pressure. I know you're still in the writing process, but as soon as that Mm -hmm. is done, please let us know and I'll make sure to to post it on social media so that people see that and post it in our show notes. But it was a joy talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening to Laurie's story, then I highly recommend that you follow her over on Instagram at laurieC8 and at Spark Creations. 
Make sure to keep an eye out for her upcoming book, Love First, The Rest Will Follow. You can also find out more about Spark Creations and the amazing work that they do over on their website, sparkcreationsinc.com, and I will post all the links in our show notes. As always, I'd love to know what you thought of our conversation. Head over to the comments section on our website, uncomfortable.blog, or on any of our social media channels. We are on Facebook and Instagram at uncomfortable.blog and Twitter at uncomfy underscore podcast. You can support our little podcast by signing up to be a patron and pledging a small $2, $5 or $10 a month so that we can keep on running. Visit uncomfortable.blog forward slash donate for more information. Thanks again for tuning in. Now get out there and get uncomfortable.